Welcome to those Vicar Blokes. I'm Dave Coaches. And I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. Yeah. So, uh, oh, am I going or are you going? Yeah, you okay, go on okay, saying okay, that. Right. So we're going to look at the news. We're going to look at inflation rates still being over 10% and uh, food costs being particularly high. You've got no money. No money. No money. Well, you've got loads of money, but it's not worth anything. No, not worth anything. Um, we're going to look at um, Doubton Thomas. And how Howell thinks he gets a hard time. Oh, well, I think he does. Yeah. yeah. And, and how it's, yeah, he does get an hard time. And then finally, we're going to be looking at um, Tempting Fortune. Tempting Fortune. It's on Channel 4. Yeah, which uh, is why we're Vickers, because we got tempted by the fortune. Well, the, for- the fortune. <laughs> <laughs> what fortune? <laughs> oh, that might be the funniest thing you're ever going to hear on our podcast. Oh, well, that's just right. And and also as well, we reveal uh, that uh, Dave's kids have found out that we're over 18. Yeah. We're, we're explicit content. Explicit content. So, yeah. yeah, so there you go. So I don't know where that is, but obviously it's not that bad. So brace yourself for the music and the explicit content. Hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. I'm Why do you always start with so? I don't know, I just do. Hello, welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Not so hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. It's just what I do. Okay. Sorry, okay. Hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. Yeah, interrupted again. So, Dave. So, Dave. <laughs> oh, just to stop with <laughs> Right, Dave, what have you been doing? What have you been, do you have a nice holiday? Uh, That's the question. Well, it rained and it was windy, and, and but yeah, it was it was good. We had a, a fairly nice holiday considering how bad the weather was in Devon last week. It must be really boring in a caravan or if it's raining outside. Does it get really loud inside when it rains? It, like a tent? It, it's quite loud in a caravan when it rains, yeah, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's boring. Yeah. You know, no. Do you play lots of Uno and stuff? No. No, in fact, we didn't. The wife and I didn't even play cards. Didn't you? Um, which is unusual. Um, mm. We took books to read, but we didn't read them either. Um, but watch a bit of telly, go through a bit of Facebook, a bit of Twitter, um, go out, visit different places. You know. So, so where'd you go visiting then? We we went to Exmouth for the first time, which is only three miles from Dawlish. Yeah. But um, but it's thirty miles to drive near us, damn it, because you've got. A, <laughs> Drive up to Exeter and down the opposite side of the estuary, otherwise you can't get there. All right. So, um, but yeah, we went for a little jaunt along there because you can do that in the car in the rain. That's all right. Yeah, I went to a a wedding. My cousin got married. So oh. That was a laugh. Yeah. Congratulations, Hal's cousin. Well, yeah, Beth. Then, yeah, that was a good laugh. That was. Um, it was really funny as well because um, the Zimbabwe connection. Like my uh, cousins who were from Zimbabwe came along, and they always like a laugh and in the wedding they do this um celebration sort of um so anything anytime something really good happens like there's a, a wedding or a graduation anything like that right they do this lee 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 sort of dance and everything right. so they got up at the end of the vows right they all got up and did this amazing dance and did this sort of lee 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 lee, lee thing. did you join in no but my sister did right so that was all right yeah we're all allowed to join in I was just like, 
I was just the the look on the vicar's face was the best, but she wasn't expecting it, lover. So it was a bit, uh, you know. But we all went to St David's Hotel in Cardiff afterwards and had a few drinks. Right, nice. Oh, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was quite good, quite posh, but posh for me anyway. Yeah, but, well, yeah. Weatherspoons is posh for you. I'm not <sighs> cheeky. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. It was it was quite funny actually because the beer was really dear. And uh, I'll say this: it was quite funny. Is a lot of my family went to the off license before, and had piles of like vodka and stuff. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, in the handbags and in the in the jacket pockets and what have you and all that. So there was lots of coke bought, but not a lot of spirits. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That was quite yeah, good. Yeah, but a glass of Coke is nearly as expensive as a pint of beer, isn't it? Well, that's, that's that, that was the kind of... That's what a lot of people were saying, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think there was more vodka in uh, a few of my cousin's um, glasses than Coke, to be fair. Yeah. And that was... Uh, oh, well. That was a laugh. Enjoyed good. that. yeah. So, what's in the news then, Dave? Inflation. Right. Infla- well, the experts were predicting that inflation would fall below 10% this month. Um, you know, year on year, March, end of March, then end of March. Oh yeah, they thought it would be under ten percent for the first time since August, but it isn't. It's still at ten point one percent, and more shockingly, it's nineteen point two percent on food. Um, so the thing that everybody has to buy in order to survive is is the thing that's driving the price, the the inflation figure up. Well, we've noticed that. We've all noticed yeah. that. It's just like. Like even with milk, it's not that long ago. It was one pound twenty for four pints of milk. Is it? Oh well, I was I I buy six pints at a time, oh, so it right. was one pound sixty, and now it's two pounds ten. There you go. So that's a, a, a big hike on milk. Hang on a minute, let's let's work that out. So that's what one pound what? It was one pound sixty for six pints, and now it's two pound ten. So two pound ten divided by one sixty is. That's thirty-one percent inflation. Yeah, on milk. On milk, and that's the cheapest size you can buy. That's uh, that's incredible, isn't it? Mm. But that's it's the thing. Scary, isn't it? Scary. So yeah, and I think the thing with this inflation stuff is that I think the way they calculate it is they have the consumer price index, don't they? So they get a basket of stuff that you buy, which includes things like computers and cars and all sorts of other things like that. But if you actually look at the inflation on food, I tell you what's gone up, shampoo and all that sort of stuff, that's gone up wicked, that has. You know. Has it? It has, yeah. Have you got enough hair to worry about shampoo? I, I, I don't, I'm not. Personally, right, I'm very cheap on the kind of like personal care front. So I get like cheap. It does of, show. Yeah, okay, yeah, it does, yeah, okay. But not everybody in my house is as sort of... Uh, basic as me when it comes no. to uh personal care let's put it that no. way yeah so that's gone up a lot um so what what do you think what uh, in the news did they say why this is happening did they did it or they just say it's happening they haven't defined why it's happening um do you think they know uh, i'm not sure i i'm not sure if they know i'm not sure if they want to say i don't know i don't know what it is exactly i mean they, it was easy to blame it all on the the war in Ukraine last year and it was all really easy to say it was the cost of fuel that's gone up and it's had but actually the cost of fuel has gone back down yeah and it, and it's where it was a year ago so it, it, that's why they thought it would go below 10 percent um and it hasn't because that was 
I, I think it was a reason a year ago, but I think the knock-on effects of that. And of course, there's the um, the circular bit where where inflation drives inflation because then it drives wages up and then wages add to the cost oh, of everything. Sounding a bit Tory, yeah. you, you sound like one of them Tory ministers saying you can't have a pay raise, Brazil will cause inflation. Well, uh, the elements of that are true. Um, economically, elements of that are true. Um, however, uh, the Tory idea would be, of course, that you give loads of money to the most wealthy and hope that it trickles down to the to the poor, and and that's not really a reality, is it? Not really. You just um, move your money to the Cayman Islands when you get enough, and you don't pay any tax. Basically, yeah, yeah. But, but I think, as we've seen in scandal after scandal after scandal, well, yeah, we wealthy we, people's money. Yeah, like if we don't fill in, this is a different issue. But I suppose if we don't fill in our tax return properly every year, we get absolutely clobbered, don't we? Um, but we don't have expensive kind of uh, accountants to. Well, we haven't got enough money to hide, really, anyway. No, so, we, yeah. we don't get enough money to hide. But I think is it that's interesting, though. They're not actually in telling us what's, what's causing it. And you reckon uh, that's because they no, don't... No, but do... I think there's some element where they put the headline out there and, and actually um, we'd need to do your in-depth analysis of what's really causing it if we were to find out what the answer are. Um, and I don't think that everybody would like what the answer is. What, I do, mean, you, I, what do you think the answer is? I, I think that... Um, that part of the labour shortage drives inflation. Um, Because wages go up, you mean? Well, yeah. Okay. Because there's a shortage, the wages drive up, people are in demand, that that goes up. Um, uh, And we're now needing to pay people more money to do the work that that they would have done previously. So really... We've lost a lot of labour force. So really then, what you're saying is, to quote Channel 4 names, uh, is that we need poverty wages in the agricultural sector in order to keep food prices down. Well, it's really interesting because you picked up on something the other week um, that I hadn't realised for a long time is that the agricultural sector wasn't really paying a decent wage to its farmhands in any way, shape or form. And it was reliant on international labour because then they could charge an arm and a leg to live in a caravan as part of the wage. So it looked like they were paying minimum wage, but in reality, um, that's not true. So they don't they don't pay enough to attract any local labour. No. Uh, no. And, and it's below minimum wage because you've got to live in our caravan, but, but I don't need to live in your caravan because I live half a mile down the road and I've got a bush bike. It doesn't quite work. And as well is once you actually, if you go to another country or whatever and say come and work in uh, the dairy industry somewhere or uh, picking picking um, picking potatoes or whatever it is, and we will pay you what the minimum wage is in Latvia, that seems like a really good deal. But what they don't tell those people is you know, how much they have to pay for their board and lodge yeah. and all of that. But once they're over you, they're kind of trapped then because they haven't got enough money to go home. and But some so of those it's... people were coming over each season to do that, and making enough money doing that, that they could live well in their own countries for the rest of the year. Partly, and that's, yeah. that's the difference between international economies, is, you know, how much does it cost to live? You know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Iceland or or any of the Scandinavian countries, but their cost of living is really high. Yeah. And, yeah, and our yeah. wages don't stretch very far there, you know. No, I, so, I, I went to um, 
I've, I've been there. It's like four pound. I haven't been to Scandinavia, but I've been places where like it's like five pound for a cup of coffee. Like Australia's well, yeah. really expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Switzerland's like that. You you look at your uh, McDonald's extra value meal, and well, although it might have gone up to six quid here, you, you're talking about thirteen pounds there. You think, oh, yeah, maybe that, maybe that burger's not worth it. So the people that actually affects inflation are the poorest in society, as it always does. Yeah, and. I did look into it ages ago, and it is quite interesting. I think there's multiple causes of it, and basically what's happened, as far as I can tell, one of the causes is that during COVID, we did something called quantitative easing, and we did that in the crash as well. Yeah. And what quantitative easing is, is basically printing money. Yes. So they printed a huge amount of money. So... At the beginning of COVID, we, uh, I, th- I was saying, well, how can they afford to pay all these people to stop in the house and pay their wages mm. for all this time? The reason, they able, the reason they were able to do it is because they basically printed all the money, and now the money supply, how much money there is in the country, has gone up so much that our money isn't worth as much as it was. So that's a major cause of it, is actually printing too much money um, during yeah, COVID. Well, I'm not sure that's a reality. Well, the stats say it is. Well, yeah, but we don't use printed money anymore, do no, we? No, 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 it's all mean, notional. I don't mean, so I, I, I don't mean they have like a printed think, press. Yeah, yeah I know. I just want to get out there the fact that that doesn't in reality happen. You don't give fivers to people to spend. That's not, not what happens. No, no, no. But, they, they just sort of type it into a computer. But, but they what, what they're really doing is borrowing money off the rich um, in the form of bonds. Because um, I looked at investing in some of these bonds, and oh, you yeah. basically lend the government money at a high interest rate, much better interest rate than you get anywhere else. But you've got to do it through these, through these hedge fund type brokers, um, and yeah, that's where all the money goes. You basically, the country borrows the money off the rich in the form of investment, um, gives it out sometimes to the rich who have lent it to them, who, who then charge interest on the money they've been given. It's, it's a fascinating process. Yeah, that's right. So but it's, it's, you go through these bonds companies and they can give, they can, they were offering 10% during COVID. Were they? Because the, the government were desperate for the money and you've got to borrow it from somewhere. So basically then, but that does increase the money supply. So it's the yeah. same as printing the money in a sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the background of it. But the more money there is in the country then the less the money's worth. It's, it's like gold, isn't it? Is that if you've got, if there's only an ounce of gold in the world, it's going to be worth a huge amount of money, isn't it? But yeah. if there's loads and loads and loads of gold, then it's not worth anything. Yeah. You know, it's um, a bit like uh, this happened in Spain in the with the conquistadors, is when they went to Peru, right, and they had all these silver mines there, and they mined so much silver by enslaving the local population and took it back to Spain that um, the price of silver crashed, so it wasn't actually worth anything. Yeah. Because they had so much of it. So it's the same thing. So, Well, that, that's cod, isn't it? Cod. Cod. Have you been in the fish and chip shop lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the price of cod has gone so expensive. Um, because there's much cod it, about. Because there's not a lot of cod coming into this country now. Um, and, and, yeah, cod stocks have depleted worldwide because um, we like it so much, but... Uh, 
Assume you're allowed to chip these too much, I you? know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I went in the chip shop last week while I was on holiday, and it was seven fifty for a regular cod. Really? And when I got it, I thought, that's not a bit of cod, that's a fish finger. Oh. oh so disappointing. That's the thing, see, we got, we got, uh, we got Dave inflation, we got Dave inflation, not inflation, Dave inflation, which is measured in cod and, uh, bonds and stuff. And yeah, like and we get shrinkflation as well. Shrink, what's that? That's where they take the weight out of the stuff that you're buying instead of putting the price up. You're all about curly whirlies and so things we, like that. Curly whirlies, yeah, and, um, and lots of chocolate. In fact, we've just had Easter, haven't we? So Easter eggs. Before you could get a medium-sized Easter egg for a pound if you waited for the right supermarket. Yeah. Um, but now the minimum price was one twenty-five, and they were only ninety grams. So you were losing about forty grams of your chocolate. So I think paying twenty-five p more. So I think the thing is with it is this question of why is it happening and what can we do is the issue really is one of justice. I think from a Christian perspective is that these sorts of systems that we have are fundamentally unjust because what's happening is that the economic system is there to support the rich and not support ordinary people. And I think that is that is a real problem. And that makes me think of the Jesus turning over the tables in the temple is he was angry because they had a system of exchange of the Roman money into the temple yeah. money that was ripping off the poorest of the poor and the poor people. Yeah. And what we've got now is a system that benefits one section of society and everybody else, all of us, have to pay and, and literally starve, isn't it, in some cases? That like we're yeah. not starving, but we're skint because of this. I think that you and I need to bear in mind that, that we're actually quite privileged. And 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 we can struggle to make the ends meet, and so there's a lot in a worse position than us. Oh God, yeah, they yeah definitely yeah. Oh, are yeah. not making the ends meet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and no, it like, looks a million miles away. Oh yeah, like it's not, but it's again, it's the poorest of the poor, yeah, are the ones, and I think as well, it's the working poor who are the ones who suffer the most because this is what used to happen a lot of the time with the benefit trap, is when you have things like inflation because benefits are pegged to inflation you actually get what they would call a pay yeah. rise yeah but if you're working zero hours you don't get a pay rise and no. then so you end up in a situation where every year you're a bit poorer but now every year you're a lot poorer and i think that yeah that's actually a very dangerous situation to be in i think for us as a society yeah yeah and, and it all feeds into the narrative of course of all of the strikes that we've had over the past few weeks there's that people's the jobs that people do have been devalued because you can buy a lot less with what you were earning than you could before yeah um so this is a bit of a moan fest so we're sorry about the moan fest about it but it is the news Uh, it is the news yeah but i think in our i don't think we've really got any answers to it either um, of what to do because we're not economists we just know it's wrong um but if anyone does have a clue about what could actually be done about it, because, and I do think it's really... Liz Trust, you need not let us know what your plans are. <laughs> no, no, please, no. No, <laughs> no, we need a plan that lives longer than the lettuce, in it. Yeah. So I do remember that, yeah. Uh, but we do need to, I think we do need to think about it. But also as well, 
I think well, we, we need should... to work out what our Christian response is to it. Yeah. And we haven't worked that out yet, because we're a bit clueless on it. Yeah. So we're sorry about that. But we do have a good Christian response to the next part, which is where we're going to be talking about the resurrection and uh, doubting Thomas. So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget you can subscribe on uh, Google or Stitcher or Spotify or anything else that you're listening to us on. And if you're listening to us on something called Red Circle, you might see that there's a thing called Listen On. And if you click that, it'll take you to all the other places. And give us a rating as well. We have had a few ratings. They've been good. It hasn't, oh, just, been, good. Yeah. hasn't just been me. Yeah. No. And give us a proper rating with the stars. Don't just say, oh, I listened to it and it was dead good. Give us a click on the ratings. Very good. So, we're going to talk about Doubting Thomas. You just said so then. Did I? You just said so. You said so, we're going to talk about Doubting Thomas. So, I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) I've put you off now, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. Yeah, so. So, there we are again. (laughs) Doubting Thomas. He, uh... He was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the twelve. And um and after the resurrection, for whatever reason, it doesn't tell us in the Bible, I don't think, where he was, but the other disciples were gathered in a room, um, basically cowering for their lives in fear of the uh Jewish authorities. And uh and Jesus manages to miraculously appear in the room and say, Peace be with you and uh, and so they all meet the resurrected Jesus but uh, Thomas was not present and a couple of weeks later um Jesus does the same thing again appears in this room where they're still all cowering and not quite filled with confidence for whatever reason and uh and Jesus says to him here's the holes in my hand here's the hole in my side um yeah don't doubt but believe don't doubt but believe do you remember what Thomas says to him it was the reading this morning at morning prayer. I know, and I read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you remember what he said? No. My Lord and my God. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Got him. Got him there. So I think... What up? Because I read it so well for you that uh, you can help but to listen. I, I was there uh, thinking about it, yeah. Well, I think what we have with uh, Doubting Thomas, really, is it, he he doesn't believe in the resurrection, which you can't really blame him for, really, to be fair. You know, if he hadn't seen the risen Jesus, because actually all the disciples didn't believe in the resurrection when they first heard about it. All of no. them, you know, the they all thought it was an idle tale from the women, didn't they? And all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I don't know why poor old Doubting Thomas is labelled Doubting Thomas, because you could easily have doubt in everybody. Well, they all doubted, didn't they? He just happened to not be there the first time round. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't believe their testimony. Yeah. Well, I think this ties into a question I got asked a while back where they said, can you still be a Christian and have less faith? So is there kind of like on the faithometer, a kind of position whereby you have enough faith to call yourself a Christian? And if you don't have that amount of faith, then you're not, if that makes sense. Well, we're told faith is small as a mustard seed. Do you want to say a bit more about that? Well, according to many commentaries, a mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. But then 
those that know more about seeds say that it's not. But, however, <laughs> it's a pretty small seed that would have been there as a visual prompt at the time when 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 it was used. And uh, it is a very tiny seed that grows into a big mustard plant that, that flourishes and, and, and expands and has a real strong flavour to it. So it's, it's the case that something from so small can germinate something that's so big and powerful and, and important. Yeah. So the thing with Thomas is is that it, it all begins with the first step, doesn't it? And yeah. and it's not a straight road. So and and Jesus' response, I think, is always the most interesting in this story, is he doesn't actually condemn uh Thomas for not believing. He just says, Look, here's my hand, here's my side, don't doubt but believe. He doesn't yeah. tell him off, he doesn't have a go at him, he doesn't berate him. And I think that's where we have to be see doubt sometimes as a friend and as not uh, something to be ashamed of. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, doubt's not the opposite to faith, is it? We think that that doubt's the opposite to faith, but it's not. In reality, it's not. Having doubts is is a perfectly natural part of faith. Um, so, what is the opposite of faith? Science, no evidence, no um, certainty. Certainty, yeah. Certainty. certainty is the opposite. Yeah, as the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of faith. Yeah. But he does show him the evidence, though, isn't it? It's not a kind of. This is the thing with uh, this idea of faith being a opposite of rationality. Like, so faith is where you just believe something because you want to, or because your mum said, or because you're too scared of going to hell, or something yeah. like that. That isn't faith. That's just fear or not thinking. What faith actually is, is um, looking at the evidence and coming to a conclusion, which is what the reason that the disciples believed in the risen Jesus is because they'd met him. That yeah. They'd seen the evidence. Yeah. It's not that they, they all sat in a room, didn't see the risen Jesus, didn't interact with the risen Jesus, and then go, do you know what? I think he rose from the dead. And they all went, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, that isn't, so it's it's faith is always a response to evidence, not something that we just kind of believe because we want to, or because it's yeah. But our sometimes ideology. that evidence is the testimony of others. Well, that is evidence. So that's the yeah. thing with doubting Thomas, though, isn't it? Because he didn't believe the testimony of his friends, and they'd have no reason to lie to him about it. Yeah, he, he, that's why he gets his bad label. Oh, I see what you mean. So, so yeah, he's, ten of his friends mm. plus the women have said we've seen the risen Jesus. I'm not quite sure where this Sunday's readings come in in the road to Emmaus because they run back and 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 tell the disciples that that they've met with Jesus on the road. Um, and obviously, we have that as a week later, but that's not necessarily chronic chronologically correct. No. Um, well, yeah, but, they, they but he still hasn't believed at that point. No, but and Jesus says, "Blessed are those who have not seen." But, but yet believe. believe. Yeah, but Peter didn't believe the women or John or anybody else at first. Oh, we ran, but then Peter didn't believe what the women's testimony, but he had enough faith in a sense, a little tiny bit, to run to the tomb and find it empty, didn't he? Yeah. But he didn't believe. So I just think he gets a hard time really uh, doubting Thomas, to be honest, just because it's a bit, you know, because they all were. And I think it's sort of 
singling him out as a as the bad guy. But he's now right up there in the highest esteemed apostles, isn't he? Really? Oh yeah. Um, you know, because the the legend has it that he went to India and 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 evangelized the continent. So. Yeah. Well done, you know. Well, that's the thing is that none of the Christian heroes are perfect. No. All of them are hopeless. I wouldn't say hopeless. Well, I think they're Maybe very human. Useless, but not <laughs> hopeless. <laughs> no, not hopeless. They still had hope. <laughs> no, they still had hope. That was the one thing they had. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But they're not um, unrecognisable figures. I think we turn them into that. We turn them into either these kind of heroes who are beyond our imagination, who are just always full of faith, always believe, always do what they God has called them to do on all of that, when actually the reality is they're just like us. They're just mm. sometimes full of faith, sometimes they run away, sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. They are heroes, but they're also fallen, you know, they're fallen yeah. heroes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think you have to look at yourself and say, where would I be in this story? What would I be? How would I understand that? And, and we and we look at two thousand years of tradition and history and and a better actual gospel understanding because they weren't written down, they weren't compiled for the early disciples. And um, and we can look at it and say, oh look, in all of these accounts, Jesus talks about the fact that he's going to fulfil the scriptures by by rising again. Um, but that, they haven't understood that. Well, no. They haven't understood that in any way, shape, or form. No. He didn't take at that point. He didn't take the the most highly educated in the in the scriptures anyway. No, that's interesting, he, isn't he, it? He took ordinary people. He had yeah. To, he had to recruit Paul later on in order to. Uh, well, that's the thing: is is who would get through a uh, Church of England selection process uh, out of the apostles? Like you know, that's, I often wonder that. Really, to be fair. You know, would they would they pass the education test? Wow, they they that that's changed a little bit now. Has it? But yeah, it's changed a little bit. But uh. I passed that test. That was all right. But you know, it was kind of other things that they struggled off with me. But uh, you know, but that's the thing. Is I think though that on a, a deeper thing about faith is this. I think deliberate misunderstanding of the word faith which is being propagated in our society. So if you get a... This is quite an interesting experiment to do. If you get an old dictionary, right, one which is like 30 years old, and you look up the word faith, right, yeah. it'll say believing in something um, strongly in response to evidence. Well, then. Yes. Because that's actually the meaning of the word faith and trust, right, before the last 30 years but what's happened is um people have come along i think deliberately and changed the meaning of the word faith to believing in something when there is no evidence so you hear it on the tv don't you, you say oh that's a faith-based position in other words it's yeah. not a legitimate position because it's not based on evidence and actually what the greek word pistis means is trust in something when there is evidence. So the closest thing that we have to understanding the biblical understanding of faith is credit scores. 
So, like, you know, you've got that credit score now. So if you yeah. put it into the bank and you want to borrow money, like a little alarm goes off and says, don't lend Dave money because he never pays it back and then you can't get a loan. No, no, yet. mine doesn't say that. It says, don't don't lend Dave money because he pays it back on time and you won't make enough money out of him paying it back late. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. They work both ways. Do they? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so you've got you can be a good risk and a bad risk and sometimes... Um, certain less reputable companies like to only lend to the bad risk because they know that their default payments and charges are ah, higher. I didn't yeah. know that. So a, a risk worth taking. But that's the thing, though, is that... It, that was Welba's problem with Wonga. Ah, right, I see. So basically... With, Sorry. Yeah, no, Arch, it's fine. Archbishop yeah, Justin Welba's problem. I shouldn't just call him Welby. Yeah, you can. Don't no, worry about yeah. it, yeah. But that's the thing, though, is really what faith is, is our, is God's credit score or our credit score um, and how believable it is that we will act on the evidence we have. So people will only lay, lend Dave money because he has already paid the money back that it was lent to him in the past. So there's good evidence that Dave is a good credit risk. Yeah. But you can't be certain that Dave will pay the money back it's a leap of faith in a sense. You can only base it on the evidence that you've got. And that's the same for everything, science included. You, evidence will only ever get you so far. It's only once you've actually um, seen, once you've actually got that far, that you have to take the risk of faith. So in, in science, we used to say things like, how believable is that p-value? P-value is the probability value. Um, that the experiment right. was was legit, basically. So that you'd use that sort of language. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just wonder where it fits in with with the fact that that so much of our narrative is is on the testimony of others. So you're putting your faith in sometimes the experience of others in order to develop your own faith yeah because we look at it as a community in a sense isn't it so we that that's no different though say you're going into a relationship right and you're like 20 right and you meet some person you you then you you start to fall in love with them right you're having an experience that you've never had before okay can you think can you think that far back i remember it well do you when you got all soppy and that, yeah? Oh, I'm not sure that ever happened, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. For argument's sake, yeah, uh, remember uh, it well. Let's imagine Dave was soppy, right? And you were buying flowers and chocolates and taking her out all the time. And... I got my wife flowers this week, you know. Did you? Yeah. Did really? you not get your wife any flowers this week? Why would I get her flowers? Well, because they had those nice tulips in St. Nick's, didn't they, on Monday morning when we went to prayer. Uh. Um, <laughs> So I took her a bunch of those things. So you got free flowers. Free flowers, yeah. Okay, so in the days, right, let's get back to this. In well, the, I used to buy them in a petrol station. Yeah, in the days, theoretically, right, yeah, when you, you when you were all soppy and in love, right, yeah, you needed to understand what that feeling was and what that experience yeah. was. So the only way to ex- to understand a human experience is to talk to other human beings who've already had that experience so they you then believe their testimony that this thing that's happening to you is called love. Yeah. And it's the same for friendship when you're little. You, you first experience friendship. You understand what that is because somebody else has told you. And it's the same with God. I think sometimes it, it can be more 
natural than that. But I, I, I do agree that there are lots of these things that need explaining and expanding upon by others. But um, but that soppy feeling you get when you fall in love, you, you don't necessarily need others to tell you, well, that's all right, because it just pickles your brain anyway. And friendship, particularly, you, you know, very young children make friends. They're not told what friendship's all about. It's well, about that there's something so natural about community and being together that they're, they're natural. This is the same for spirituality as well, Lord, is that we are naturally spiritual beings. And I think those spiritual feelings that we have in order to make sense, in order to make sense of them, we need, like with doubting Thomas is in order for him to make sense of the experience he has of meeting the risen Jesus, the community does it together, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Is it, is it is if I this is the thing I always remember there was a guy who I lived with um, back in university say oh I don't believe in God because I'm a scientist and so I don't and I used to say well he said if God popped up you and said hello I'm God then I believe in him and I said no you wouldn't because you just say oh I'm drunk yeah. or I I didn't I I wasn't feeling very well or you know it was it wasn't real and and it didn't happen and. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But the only way we can verify our experiences of God is by seeing that other people are having that similar experience. Like I was saying last week about the but if, but if he popped up and said that he was God, people would persecute him for making the statement. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they did to Jesus. Exactly. And then people, like, this is the thing we say, oh, why did Jesus ascend? Maybe we'll talk about this in a few weeks' time. Is if Jesus didn't ascend, people still wouldn't believe in him. They say, there's this bloke over there, and he's lived for 2,000 years and he hasn't died, and he says he's Jesus. They'd be like, oh, he's fake, he is. Don't take any notice of him. He he just looks like the the bloke who was there before, and they come up with. Do, do you know well, what I mean? wonder how many times we'd have tried to kill him. Well, that's why, that was the other thing. Yeah, yeah. we'd just kill him again. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. We'd just kill him again. Because. I, I think with, with doubt, it's the kind of faithometer in a sense is that what people would say and say, oh, I don't believe in God because there's not enough evidence. Then you'd say, well, how much evidence is enough? Yeah. What, what, what do you believe? And all you've got to do if you don't want to believe in something is say, oh, there's not enough evidence. And then dismiss what you've got. And at the end of the day, you, you've got to go with, you've got to go with what you, what you see before you because otherwise you won't believe in anything so how much evidence is there that murder is wrong if that makes sense yeah do you see what i mean um you know it you can repeat the experiment 50 times and still not believe in it if you don't want to we see that in covid yeah their science is not trustworthy people don't believe in their science do they anymore oh, but people don't believe the experts either no they don't know that's why, see, that's the thing, yeah. And because trust is about, faith and trust is about a relationship um, that you develop, be that with science or institutions or politicians. And if that group or institution betrays you, then you lose faith in that institution. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's happened to um, the church perhaps worldwide, but certainly in the Western world um, over the last few decades, is that there have been people who have been 
um, in our positions who have who have let it down, who have said things that that have been hurtful and 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 damaging and unnecessary um, from something that's meant to be known for how it loves one another. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Um... But that doesn't mean that you don't criticize anything. That doesn't no, no, mean no. that you that you don't try to improve anything. No, no. Well, you, do you know what um, Napoleon said to the Pope when he met him, uh, when he conquered Italy? No. When Napoleon goes down to Italy, right, yeah, and he, he meets the Pope because he wants the Pope to crown him as the Holy Roman Emperor. Yeah. Right, yeah. In the end, he crowned himself because he's, like, funny, right? But um, that's a different thing. But he meets the Pope and he says to the Pope, he said, um, we want to destroy the Catholic Church because we are the revolutionaries from France. Right, right? yeah. And you know what the Pope said? No. Oh, you won't do that. And he said, yes, we will. And he said, no, we've been trying for 2,000 years and we haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not apocryphal. I, I know I put that in kind of whole language. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll look up the quote, but that, yeah. that's the gist of what he said. So I think that the, the amazing thing about the church is it survived despite the church. Despite of its, despite, despite itself. itself. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And I think. Despite that, or in spite? To spite itself, I don't spite know. itself, yeah. Uh, but because we're just like the apostles, we're fallen, broken, yeah, uh, messed up people, and maybe it's down to us to um, keep the faith and to hold the line against um, those who seek to destroy us, both internal and external, yeah, and try and be the best Christians we can be, yeah. You are listening to those Vicar Blokes. And did you know you can ask your smart speaker to play us? Who does that? There's yeah, no I did that. Is it you? Yeah, I it? did that. I it, did that. It comes up on the smart speaker. Oh, I only once. I only done it once. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, smart speakers, they can find us. So, what do you do um, with the smart speaker? You just say, you cook either Hey Google or Alexa, play those Vicar Blokes. And it plays the latest episode. Really? Yeah, it's oh, yeah, brilliant. I've got this on this thing. I, I might try that. Yeah, on it's on really the... good. All right, I'll try that. So in a yeah, bit. smart speakers, subscribe, follow, however you want to follow us, please do. So in this last part, we're talking about tempting fortune. Now we we were recommended this to watch uh, by one of our listeners, so. Thanks for the recommendation, Annette. Yeah, it was a good recommendation. It was, wasn't really it? Really interesting programme to watch. Yeah, so it's on Channel 4, definitely Channel 4. Definitely Channel 4, yeah. Yeah, we are watching a lot of Channel 4 we stuff, are, aren't watch- we? We are watching a lot That's of Channel 4. That's you, that is. That's... It's not, I didn't recommend this one. I know that, but, you know, anyway. You sent it to me. You said, here's some work to do on your holidays. Yeah, well, all right, yeah, okay. Well, he was only watching the telly. It's not like, you know, sort of go and read something really in-depth in about well, camp or something. I know, I, but I thought I'd better do my own work this time. <sighs> yeah, you better do your own work this time. So you yeah. have done your own work so, and you've watched it, yeah? Yeah, well, I've watched most of the first episode. Okay. I was watching it last night and the internet went down the house. And that Did was, it? So it was a case of, oh, so I, I watched some of it this morning. So but, you'd all get your own work out? Well, no, I, I no, the, the internet crashed. Oh, the that internet was, crashed. That, oh, that, yeah. That was the COVID excuse for not oh, doing your own work, wasn't it? We got yeah. new, new excuses now. I was <laughs> doing it, but the internet went wrong. Oh, sorry, I can't make the Zoom call. I'm trying to get in, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> trying, to in, right? trying to get into the Zoom call. Anyway. Uh, Tempting Fortune is a interesting sort of reality TV show um, 
on Channel 4 with Paddy McGuinness who used to run that uh, No Likey, No Likey thing. No Likey, No Likey. We talked about that the other week, which didn't is, we? Which is what came into my mind as soon as he started introducing the show, I thought. Is it me and you? No, no Likey, No, no Likey. likey. Yeah, uh, it was a show where they um, they all had to turn their lights off if they didn't fancy the bloke, wasn't it? And some, yeah. some guy's got blackouts in it. Yeah. Do you reckon you get a blackout on that? Definitely. I'd get a blackout. My, my lad said that if I was on it and they said... And they said, oh, and Howell's a priest. They just all turn their lights off. That would be it. Like, I don't think that would be the thing that they turn their lights off for for you. Well, it's just what, when just I turn up. Just as soon up, as like, you came out of the <laughs> lift, you wouldn't get as far as your name. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is do 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 You know, even the desperate one at the end yeah. is kind of going like, I just want to go on the holiday and I don't care I go with Yeah. Anyway. Annoying. That's a different show, right? But Paddy McGuinness is the guy who runs it, right? Um, and basically there's these group of people who were traveling 18 days across South Africa on this trek and as they go along they are tempted in certain ways so the first temptation was that they go over these sand dunes and there were these quad bikes there and if they paid I think it was like three thousand pound they could have a quad bike ride to the end so there's a prize at the end. I think it's a 300k, isn't there? Oh, but they split 300,000 between, between the remaining contestants. Yeah. And if any of them give up on the way, that costs 25,000. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there's a kind of a lot of maths involved with this because you could actually work out how much each person costs you. And if their cost of the giving in to their temptations is more than the 25 grand that they would cost you by leaving, you need to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you work that out? Yeah, I worked that out. I worked yeah. that out. But I also before before one of them gave in to any of the temptations, I thought, do you know what? I'd get rid of her. It's only twenty five grand. <laughs> if she's just so annoying. Well, because she was so annoying. Yeah. Because <laughs> she'd gone into it with the attitude of, yeah, I don't care. Or oh, is this this? Is that was Lan Lani? That yeah. One? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's so she's so that worst. first June they had to get up. She just wasn't w- willing to give it a go. And you've got the sixty-five-year-old woman trying to help this woman in her thirties up this June. Oh, you know. Yeah. Then there's people who have already made it to the top that come back. Now they didn't work very well as a team to get up the June. I've got no, to say they, they could not. have done that a lot better. Um, as a community, they could have they could have helped. I think they that, did all right. Yeah. They were trying. Like there was that guy who was trying to motivate everybody. He was doing quite Mr. well. Mr. Motivator. Mr. Motivator. Yeah. yeah. He was. I watched it with my lad actually, and he turned around and he goes, "Oh, this is like my DV. It's the worst." <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think they could have done that better. They could have made sure that the weakest people got up by planting themselves on the way up the dune and giving them some port at spaces, but they they didn't. You know, one little target up to the next person. It's yeah, like, they could have done like that. getting a child to swim or ride a bike in it, really, in some ways. Um, and they could, so they could have done that. But right at that sand dune, I'd have thought, do you know what? Let's encourage her to pack it in. Yeah. Cause this, cause she's going to make it hard work. But she just do everyone's work. It's worth 25 grand for it to go. But she went at the top of the dune. I remember this bit now. And he, the one guy said, Oh, nobody's going to give in to that temptation, are they? And then, and everyone went, No, we're not going to give in. I thought, Well, that's right. Because he was trying to encourage Nobody asked me. Nobody asked me. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, you were part of the group. But the whole point of the exercise is to not give in to the temptation. No, but did you pick up on what she said about temptation? No. She said, I might be giving in to these little, bit temp- these little bits of temptation. But you're all aiming for the bigger temptation of the big money at the end. Oh. So the, the whole thing is that 
that it's a whole process of temptation. They're embarking on the whole thing because they're tempted by, the by their share of the 300k. Yeah, and I thought that. that was quite insightful because actually her, their temptations are bigger than hers. Um, but then but, she just annoyed you. But but then because she had no team spirit to her, yeah, it was her selfishness yeah. that annoyed me. But she did give in, didn't she, for something? Milkshake, milkshake. Mil- that was it. And yeah. then she chose a vanilla milkshake. If you're going to pick a milkshake, do you pick vanilla? Well, that's just vanilla, isn't it? Yeah, it's just vanilla. <laughs> it's just vanilla. <laughs> you go the whole hog. <laughs> so you're one of these guys who, if they give in, they give in big time. Oh, right? well, I if I was going to give in at that diner that she gave in, I'd have been having the burger, the fries, the shake. <laughs> I'd have been having the full-on feast. Um, but what, what I thought with it, though, what was most interesting about it is that all the temptations that they had was basically... There was two things, really. The first thing is that all the temptations made their life easier. And I think that's at the essence, really, of the fundamental temptation to us is the sin of sloth, which is just it's just easier. It, it is that thing where Jesus says about wide is the road that leads to perdition, isn't it? Yeah. And it's the narrow path and the wide path. Is that most of the time we mess up and we fall into things just because it's easier. Not because of it. Like Pontius Pilate, he, he kills Jesus because he can't be bothered. It's just easier. Just easier, yeah. It's easier to join in with the crowd. It's easier to do... It. it it's just not worth it to... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that it was... I don't think that that first temptation that she gave into, I don't think that was the easy option. Do you reckon? Or you reckon the easy option was not giving it? The easy it? option was to not giving it at that point because it's easier to fall in with what the crowd are doing than it is to stand against the crowd. And she stood against the crowd. Um, and they all think it's terrible that she spent their money, in effect. And so do I. <laughs> so do I, actually. Um, it's really easy to spend other people's money, um, yeah, uh, and it shouldn't be. It should be harder for us to spend other people's money than it is our own. So, yeah, you're right, actually, there. It, that In that case, it didn't make her life easier, but I think what that was is that she wanted to show that she wasn't part of the group, to stand out in that sort of sense, to say, no, I'm not going to do what you tell me. It's like yeah. Rage Against the Machine, you know, Um if you won't do what you tell me, that one, yeah? Y- yeah. Maybe Martin could put that a little bit of the riff in. Well, yeah, good, but yeah, not the words. Though. Not the words, yeah? No. Okay, so it's that. So she did it to sort of give the group the finger and say, do you know, you can all do what Did you know that you Google, Google Podcasts have rated us as over 18? Have they? They have, yeah. Because I said to my boys, why have they done that? And they said, well, because you talked about Vinland Saga. And that's 18. And you talked about Breaking Bad, and that's an 18. So if you're going to talk about programs that are over 18, are we, you're automatically going to get labelled as, are we, as adult ex- content. Oh, we adult content, yeah. Are we? Yeah, so we're not for the faint-hearted. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so now you're using terminology like, give them the finger. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that's not controversial. No. no. I can say, give them the... Oh, come on. Wow. Google's Google's like really puritanical then, aren't they? Wow. Well, sort of careful because they're listening. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, but they're always listening. That's really yeah, they are always listening. That's true. But I, I thought that was the first thing is there's a sloth thing. It makes life easier. But the other thing was it struck me is that in each of the temptations there was a price tag. Yeah. 
And I don't think that temptation has a price tag usually in life. The things that we fall into, the mistakes that we make, the things that we do, uh, where we give in to temptation. First off, the temptation isn't usually obvious. It's just something we do without thinking. So we don't go, oh, I'm being tempted. Should I? Shouldn't I? We just do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the second thing is we just do it and we, we don't know what the cost is. No, we don't know what the cost is, but there's always a cost. There's always a cost, but we underestimate a lot. I of mean, the that time. would make the show more interesting, wouldn't it? If there was if, a mystery if, cost. If, if it was a, you know, this will cost you a significant sum, but it didn't tell you what the sum was. Yeah. Because that's what the reality of life is. There's a cost to it. You don't actually know what the cost is. Yeah, and and so you don't know who you're hurting. You don't know how they're hurting. You don't know why they're hurting. Yeah, um, you don't really know what you've done. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they've done. Yeah, um, there's always a cost because we can't predict the future. No, and I think you know this is really interesting. It made me think of uh, utilitarianism. We talked about this the other week, didn't we? Uh, we, we, sorry, I'm just going to go back to this Lani a minute. All right, yeah. I okay. wonder if when she took that milkshake for £500, she knew that some bloke who does a podcast called Those Vicar Blokes <laughs> is going to naturally dislike her for doing it. So she was all about So me. there is a cost. No, not all about me, because there's going to be thousands oh, of people mean. that now have judged her based on her actions. So she, that's so, right. So yeah. there's a bigger cost because she's doing it on the telly. Yeah. So, so, so she might have known that the cost at the time was 500 pounds. Um, that she might have thought was, I don't know what that works out at, just under 50 quid each. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, yeah. she might have known that she was costing everybody 50 quid or so, but she wouldn't have known what the cost to her when she comes out on this show and she's seen out in, her local supermarket. So she's the woman. That took, she's the, mil- oh, the vanilla look, there's milkshake. There's that woman with the vanilla milkshake. With the woman. vanilla, the vanilla milkshake woman. Well, it's a yeah. good job she didn't live round you then, isn't it? And go shopping in Yate. You'd be like, oh, so here it is. And yeah. stay, you know, absolutely. Yeah. But it's going to happen wherever she lives. And yeah, so actually, true. so she only knows the initial cost. She doesn't know the complete cost. So it is true to life then, because actually, in a sense, it's an illusion cost, and that's what. Uh, temptation works out. It gives you a cost which is false, that you underestimate what it is. And uh, I think this is what my big problem with that thing utilitarianism is, where you do morality through guessing consequences. Yeah. So you, we can't guess the consequences of our actions. No. And we can't measure the consequences of our actions. No. So it's too complicated. It's impossible. So, but... What we do as a society, because without God, we have to fall back on utilitarianism. This idea of, oh, it's okay to do it as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Yeah. Right? But what that actually means is, unless I can immediately perceive a bad income, a bad impact of my action, it's yeah. okay. But we can't know the impact of our no, actions. No, we don't know what these impacts are. And what what um, law is and what a Christian tradition is, is millions of people who have gone before us who are wise have actually come to these conclusions about what's good and evil through watching the consequences of their actions and their own wisdom. But what we've done as a modern society is disregard all that wisdom because we know better. Yeah. Because we believe 
that we can measure the consequences of our actions when we can't. Yeah. So it's just when what actually happens, I think, is that that is a real temptation to believe that we can measure the consequences of our actions. But the reason people push for it is because the powerful people never pay the full consequences of their actions. It's always the poorest and the least in society who will bear the consequences of actions more. And now we're right back to I where we were. I don't know that they don't bear the consequences of their actions. I think, I think they are uh, compensated by their comforts. I think they don't pay as much of a consequence as the people who are at the bottom of society. It's not for me to judge. Well, I'm not judging. I'm saying that that's how it works. Well, I just, my mind is going to the, uh, it's, it's, it's easier. Oh, uh, yeah. Pass through the eye of a needle. Than rich a camel man. to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich, rich man, man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Um, and perhaps, you know, Perhaps we don't see the full cost of the consequences. I'm sure we and don't. And they're certainly not ours to work out. No. Okay, so we, we did quite well with that. I don't think we, we slated that lady too much. Anyway, so that was no. okay. And uh, we'll see you next... What are we watching next week? I haven't decided yet. I, I'm on Blue Lights. Blue Lights? What's that? Blue Lights. Is this one of your cop dramas? It's a cop drama, but oh. it's based in Belfast. It's really interesting. Oh, okay. All right, unless we get... Uh, please, can we have a listener... Uh, suggestion, otherwise I'll have to watch Blue Lights. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, a cop drama again. Okay. Yeah, well, that's because that's what I watch. What, cop drama? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're interesting. They're all about life. Are they? Yeah, this is like proper... Right, you can watch Attack on Titan. stuff. You can watch some Attack on Titan after that, okay? Attack on Titan. Yeah, it's an anime. Is this another cartoon? It's not a cartoon. All right. And I, we'll get some more adult content on, on the other, yeah. won't we? Okay, so next time we'll be talking about, um, uh, what's it called now, this cop drama? Blue Lights, unless we get a better suggestion. Yeah, Blue Lights and the news and some Christian content, a problem about the resurrection. So we'll see you next time. Thank you.